the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, what a year it's been. Yeah, no. It's been fantastic, honestly. Right. Um, there there was some hiccups with us. Sure. Not recording, taking time off, not getting the videos up on time. But it's still been a heck of a year. Hey, hey, I gotta now, do all the behind I, the scenes I give you props because you're doing the actual work, right? So, I, you know, if anybody gives you... Uh, guff in the comments, and they would be giving you guff, by the way. Yeah. Specifically. But, if Ed, you have no right to give him guff, because he does all the work. <laughs> I show up once a week. Now, granted, I am the one who created the podcast, right? Yeah. But you ran with it. <laughs> so this is your well, baby It's not right just now. the fact that you created the podcast. We've been talking about doing a podcast yeah. for a while, and then you're just like, you know what? Let's do it. We're I'm doing like, this. Okay. It's happening. And then all of a sudden, I just took over everything. Yeah. And then you you got really good at a lot of good stuff. I'm like, man, you're 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 awesome, dude. So uh, yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind. So you have no right to give specifically him guff. Now feel free to get on my case for being lazy. That's fine. <laughs> I am not exempting myself from that at all. But he has no right. He's been working really hard to get you this content. So don't feel bad about your progress, sir. It's been slow, but for different reasons. But I'm getting yeah. better at it. My editing could still use work, and we'll get more into that discussion here soon. But honestly, I've done a lot of work in building what we needed to do yes. to get this podcast better. Um, the sound's getting better. Yes. The we're in we're together now. That's right. So that's in been the a, same it, room. it's been yeah, it's in the same room. It's been really nice getting art on the wall over there. Thanks that's a right. lot. Great, great decor, <laughs> great decor, right? really coming together uh, thanks to you thanks to my wife and thanks to board games calendar that's right that's right right uh, there may be a smaller shelf getting put up on the wall where the calendar and everything is soonish soonish i gotta look for it i kind of my goal for that is i want to get a smaller shelf only do half a shelf kind of like what these are mm -hmm. but like the smaller deck ones yeah and then move all my small box games like la isla castles of burgundy tuscany and all that Ooh. move it onto that shelf this way this can be the big box shelves that's awesome that's a that makes a lot of sense yeah so i know i'll be talking about details like that very soon <laughs> all of these. so uh, what's our topic today daniel our topic is the revisiting of our 2022 gaming goals since we are literally what four days away yeah Four days away to Four days away New Year's new year. Eve, five days to the New Year. We figured we'd visit this because this will actually go up next week in the That's New right. Year. That's right. So, Or I, at least Friday. I will get spoilers ahead. I will give a couple little caveats and I will explain why I'm doing that when when we get to that yeah. part. And because, uh, yeah. Because we, we, we have some plans uh, sure. for the new year. We do yeah. want to set up our new goals for that year as That's well. Right. Uh, we want to revisit like uh, our most anticipated games of this year. Yep. So there's a couple things that we want to do. So it's like this is the best time for us to do it right now is yes. to revisit 100%. the goals. Plus, uh, we're also talking about redoing our top 100 for the anniversary specials mm -hmm. leading up to our anniversary when we go into the top eight debates, Champions Editions. That's right. Uh, because we already did our what's new to us revisited at the end of the year. Sure. Um, it's either up now or it's going to be up within a couple of days. That's right. So check it out if you get a chance to. But today we're going to be, I, I feel like this is, for me, this episode is going to be 
Here's why. <laughs> Let me explain <laughs> myself. Let me explain. I'm Let, okay. I'm going to try and talk my way out of a good portion of these. I think I did better this year than I did last year. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't remember how many I did, how, how poor I, think I did. I think I only got three. Last year, I remember I was very ambitious. Maybe only two, and that's probably not too far from here. So, you know, when I was in high school... <laughs> I remember there was one year that they asked me, it's like, so what's your New Year's resolution? And I told them at that time, I my New Year's resolution is to never make a resolution ever again. And I stood my ground for like 20 years after that. Like Mind for you, a long, long time. We don't really call it resolutions. We kind of do, but it's also mainly gaming goals. Yeah, gaming goals for the year. Right. <laughs> but I was very stern about doing that. <laughs> and every single year, I would say, oh, this year, I said, I am no longer doing resolutions and i've held true to that resolution <laughs> <laughs> so one one year you were successful i was i was successful to, for that one decade probably yeah. at least it was probably about 15 years that i did that straight and again uh after rewatching <laughs> the video for i can remember what my resolutions yes. are uh with the reason why we do eight of these things is because that's just our brand top eight debate, top eight, debate. eight games chosen that's it's right. just make it on brand i that's guess you could right. say yeah there exactly so that's, that's why we do it. So here's going to be our reasoning. And of course, we we normally post something if it's like a topic debate or a discussion topic. We put it in the Board Game Revolution forum. I want to give them a shout out. We didn't for this one just because this is personal Personal, us. yeah. Yeah, but normally the Board Game Revolution group on Facebook, great group. Um, definitely check them out. Uh, they are, they're not a sponsor. They're not involved with us whatsoever. We just use that platform, platform. because it's a great platform. Yeah, and we talk with them yeah. from time to time. Absolutely. Had a yeah. few conversations with the guy who runs it because he's also a colorblind person. So. Oh, I didn't realize he was. Wow, yeah. okay. Well, He then. talks about it as much as we do. So one of the games I'm going to talk about later, I'm going to very much get on its case for that. Okay. It's not a big deal, but it's a big it's enough a big deal. deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. So anyway, uh, Daniel, what have you been playing lately? All right, so I had to actually pull some games from way back about three weeks ago because I only played three games in the last week since we last talked. It's just because it's been the Christmas holiday, been busy. Yeah. Uh, we had the game night last Wednesday. We only played three games that night. Yes. But, but um, those, those three games, games were actually really good. Oh, we're going to talk about those games. Oh, yeah, but the first one is the one I'm talking about way back when. We've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. Um, our mutual friend wanted to play this game because he's the only one out of our group that hasn't played this specific game. Mm. And this one is a Juve Rosenberg game. And That's actually, right. I really like this one. In fact, I almost picked this up when at uh, Barnes & Noble when they were doing the 50% offset. Yep. And this is New York Zoo. Yeah, New York Zoo is cool. It's phenomenal. There's no scores. You're basically trying to be the first person in the most efficient way to fill out your incomplete zoo. Yeah. And first player has the shorter board or the longer board because they get the best choice at the beginning of the game. You're just trying to fill your board, breed your animals. This way you can get special uh, polynomials to put in there to help fill spaces because all these polynomials are just weird uh shapes they're they're not even like tetronomials like you would see in tetris there's like six uh six-sided ones five-sided ones four-sided ones and then your special ones is like threes and twos and ones right 
And so I I played this twice, and I find this game phenomenal. I love the animal meeples in this game. Yep. Uh, they're adorable. And then trying to breed them, be like, okay, I'm trying to set myself up. I'm going to get this one in here, get this one in here, because I know that's going to pass here soon. So I'm going to be able to breed them. By breeding them, allows you to get special ones to help build uh, contain areas. And then you get to save one and put it in your storage. And right. just there's a lot of moving parts. I love the, the patchwork aspect of it, but except for... Uh, the buttons on the board everybody's playing with the same pawn and they're trying to figure yep. out the best point and there was one point in that game where a mutual friend dom was like you know what no danny i know you need that one and so he made it where you couldn't yeah get mathematically to back, back i couldn't do it to that piece because yep. you and me both needed that piece yep because uh, i needed to finish off a section i was nowhere near right completing anything on my board but I needed that one specifically to fill that space. And then the next breeding cycle would allow me to pick up more of the single pieces to help right. fill holes and gaps in my game. But yeah, New York Zoo is a phenomenal game. If you haven't tried it, it's inexpensive. It's uh, normal price is what, 40 bucks? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because you could have picked, yeah, picked it up at Barnes and Noble recently for 20, I think it's what it was for half off. Yeah. yeah, that was a crazy sell, by the way. Yeah, it was. Um, very painful. <laughs> it wasn't painful for me. I only bought two games. I was smart about it. Well, about six. I had to be smart about it. I still have a friend list that's coming, so I don't know what gifts I got there. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, mm, I've got to check this list and make sure. And a lot of the games that I wanted to buy was on that list, like yeah. uh, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, the Pandemic set yeah. was there. And I'm like, no, that's on that list. I can't. But I was able to pick up my management, and I was able right. to pick up uh, Legends, uh, Imperium Legends, to go with my classics. So That's cool. I can't hate. No, yeah, but yeah. So going back deal. to my game was New York Zoo. <laughs> All right. And how's it going, Illuminous? Hey, Illuminous. Um, so the first game I wanted to talk about that I've been playing is one that I played actually the other night, um, last night actually. I sat down with my son and I taught him how to play it. It's called Super Skill Pinball. The holiday special. Um, I picked this up this. recently. Yep, and and from what I heard from the reviewers, a couple of the boards, like the Christmas Vacation <sighs> one, not much. The Elf apparently like has nothing to do with Elf the movie. It has like a single picture, and everything else is just like standard stuff. That's fine. Elf is the right. most disappointing Christmas movie ever. Yes. <laughs> Put your hate mail in the comments below. Elf sucks. Anyway, so I will fight you with this. Elf My is wife terrible. loves it, but I I can't. No, stand I can't. It. It's awful. I'm, Let's talk about how bad that movie is real quick for a moment. Will Ferrell is hit or miss with me. There's some movies I like of his, mm, and then there's some no. I don't like of his. It, there's the but vast majority of movies I really dislike. When he's dislike trying him, not to be funny, I like him. Yes. Like, uh, one of my favorite movies of him is a very guilty pleasure for me, and that's, uh, what is it called, Stranger Than Fiction, where yeah. he's a character in someone's book, but he's actually real life. That's the really one of the few movies I actually like. Okay, that sounds... I, I have heard of that. That sounds interesting, actually. I would probably do it. But, so the Christmas uh, story board <laughs> in Super Skill Pinball, it, it's cool of how it works. There's a bunch of different features, and it actually uses part of the backboard as, like, the visiting Santa part. Oh, okay. So you have to knock, knock it up the staircase, and then hit bumpers, and then it comes down the slide. Which is hilarious, and then there's all there's all sorts of different features. There's like the lamp, uh, the bully, but probably my favorite is the dare feature, where if you light up all four dare pieces, um, we'll, we'll get back. Yeah, to if you minute. if you get uh, all four dare pieces, you then get to say right then and there if you're going to go for a single dog dare, 
a double dog dare or a triple dog dare. Is that the Christmas story one? This is the Christmas story. This one. is the reason why I wanted it. Yes, is for Christmas story. No. So what's great is you are betting on what, or uh, single dog dare is a seven, and then it's an eight for a double dog dare and a nine for a triple dog dare. The very next roll after you've declared it determines if you score those points, and it's either ten, twenty, or thirty points right off the bat. So if I do a triple dog dare and and we roll a nine or higher, I get 30 points flat. Oh, man. But one of the features, um, one of the sides is the decoder ring. That's the yeah. flap so you can knock down. If you get that, you can make it so the next time you do a dare is a plus two. Oh, and I did that, and my son rolled a four. I'm like, darn it. <laughs> it wasn't even close. It was so good. And then when what's neat is that it actually has an end game bonus too which is really cool you know how like at the end of a regular pinball game yeah you, you know you'll you'll have like the little extra round bonus mm-hmm. it kind of does that with this but what you do is every time you light up a feature whether it's the BB gun or the lamp or and you or the bully whenever you complete those you mark it off on the scoreboard and it gives you either one or two targets okay at the end of the game when you're knocked out or you're the last player you roll the dice and if if the number of targets that you have, if the if the roll is less than or equal to the number of targets you have, mm-hmm. you get 25 bonus points. Right? That's pretty there. cool. So that's like super little fun. But if you happen to get all eight features, every one of them, you score the 25 bonus points and then clear the board. And then <laughs> you're going to potentially do it again. It's super cool. Um, I like the mess out of it. I had a lot of fun. My only complaint, and here's my only complaint so far. I haven't played the other two boards, but Christmas Story was great. My only complaint with this was that the dice are holiday-themed, they're white, and they have either red or green pips. Oh, no. Now, it doesn't matter in the game. Yeah. And you can see them just fine, but I'm assuming Christmas Vacation and Elf doesn't make you delineate between the two, but thank goodness. Yeah, if that would You're be You're hoping, brutal. anyways. I'm hoping. I don't know that for sure, and if that's the case, then I'm just going to go get a red and a green, like, bright die. Yeah. And figure it out. But, that, yeah, it was awesome. And it's only Sounds like 20 cool. bucks because yeah. it only has three of the four boards that come in the other versions. Okay. So now I would need to get the Star Trek one and any other one that comes out because, yes. Cool. Um, I, I do want to try this one a lot. Uh, I did like original Super um, Pinball Skill Cade, whatever it's called. I did like the original one. I do want to try the Star Trek version. And I do want to try the Christmas story. And Illuminous was saying he got himself a set of Power 9 and going to hang it on his wall on a picture frame. But I'm not familiar with Power 9. Power 9 sounds like... Is that the magic? Like the Power 9? The, the 9, like, mega, like, super magic powerful Magic yeah. there you go. Okay. I knew it. <laughs> I and... wasn't a magic player. Wait. Did you get the actual cards? Or... <laughs> because I think a Power 9, it's like the Moxes... All five of the moxes. You're talking to me like I know what it Black is. Black Lotus. The only one I know is Black Lotus because how much it's sold. For. Right, exactly. Like the Power Nine are like the mega cards. The moxes. Okay, I I I don't think I'm wrong on that. Then yeah, and I think there's a couple others that that have to do with that. I mean, obviously there's nine, right? Yeah. But I think there's there's a couple more. The You've real the... cards. Whoa. 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 Dude, hold on. <laughs> Because even, like, one mox is a couple hundred at yeah. least. Yeah. Dang, Illuminate. Yeah, I would hang that on the wall behind bulletproof <laughs> glass. Because, holy cow. Bravo. Bravo. Merry yeah. Christmas to you. So, moving on to our next game. But, wow. Um, uh, 
speaking of Christmas, this one I specifically wanted to play because you and me both love trick-taking mm-hmm. games. I did use the Tiny Tim variant in this mm-hmm. game for it yes. because our friend is not... He, he just can't grok trick-taking that right. way. Right. And yeah. so I was like, okay, we'll do the Tiny Tim. We'll take away the... Um, the, the bidding, because that's the main way you're supposed to play it. You're supposed to bid on how many tricks you think you're going to take in a right. hand or whatever. And so we played it, and this one's called The Ghost of Christmas. And honestly, I liked what it did, because you're playing three cards the entire, like, tricks. Right. And you're trying to win so many tricks, or if you're playing the Tiny Tim, Tim variant, you're trying to shoot the moon and not get any tricks. And right. I just kind of stumbled upon it in the first round, because we're... Right. Tr- I thought it was a typo, in all honesty, because when it, you go to the bidding one, it's telling you how to score here. When you go into the Tiny Tim, it's like, no, if you don't take any tricks, you get six points. But if you take six plus tricks, you don't get any points. I was like, right. confused on that. Yeah. And then our friend said, no, that's shooting the moon. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's oh. right. Okay. And so I ended up not taking any tricks that round. And it just happened to play that way because I was actually trying to win tricks. Right. So I was trying to play because... The way it works, it's four suits. Uh, the first person that plays in an area is setting the suit, and everybody else has to play in that suit. However, the suit doesn't score unless you're the first player. So if someone couldn't play in suit, say, in present, and they won the past, then their suit is what's going to score, and say they played like candles. Right. And so you have to play the highest of candles to score, and if he's the only one there, he's going to win. However, the hearts trumps everything. So if you play a heart suit, whoever plays the highest in the heart suits wins the trick. Yeah. And you're playing three tricks per round, um, and twelve, uh, three tricks per hand, twelve uh, cards in total for a round. And right. you play in four rounds. And so we were just messing around. We were like, oh, I get this, and oh, I get this. And our friend was like, thank you for not doing the bidding, because I don't know how this would right. work. But I liked what it was doing. I love the Tiny Tim variant just for that aspect. I like the fact that you can set, you know, whoever plays first sets what cards have to be played in the set unless you can't. Then you can play any cards. You can play a heart to set up the trump, or you can set up like, hey, candles, and force yourself to win the pass because the way it works is whoever wins the pass becomes a new first player marker, which leads the scoring suits for the present. Whoever wins that sets it for the future, and whoever wins that will set it for the next round. They could set one right. of the suits. And I really liked how that worked. It was it took a little while to figure everything out, but once we did, I'm like, okay, I get what this is doing. Yeah. I like what this is doing. The the ability to play in three different areas, <laughs> like you're playing three different tricks at the same time. Yeah. That that was one of my favorite parts about this game is when like there when I discovered that moment where you led with like I think a blue in, in the past, mm-hmm. I was like, I have a red in my hand. I'd really like to take this trick, but I have a blue in my hand. Wait a minute! And then I threw a. I had one blue left. If you specifically asked me, in the present, I don't have to play the blue there. I can play it anywhere else. I'm like, yeah, right. it's open. Yeah, because if you create a situation where then. When you eventually have to play in the past, yeah. that you no longer have the blue, which is what I did, then you can play off suit off like suit, any other yep. trick taking. So you, there was multiple times where I was like, I want to dump these cards, even though you already played that suit, yeah. so I can throw in like hearts at the same time. And yeah, that was neat. I really really, really enjoyed cool. this one. Um, sometimes trick takings play this again. Yeah, trick takings are eh. 
to really good or really bad, yeah. depending on how you like them. This one is up there for me. I really, and I don't even have to play with the bidding because I know a lot right. of people don't like bidding trick taking games, and I haven't played a bidding trick taking game in years. Right. I don't think it's been. I think it's been twenty years or so. Because when I was, a I teenager, need to fix that because yeah. you've been telling me about what pickle pepper pepper pepper, and so. I do want to try it again. I haven't tried it, like I said, in years. However, I do like it just with the Tiny Tim variant, where it's basically just a solid trick-taking game on right. its own. Um, but yeah, that's Ghost of Christmas. I'm glad I have it. I'm glad I have a good Christmas game that I can bust out. Yes. Especially since one of my gaming groups likes to play trick-taking a lot. You enjoy trick-taking. And our mutual friend Dom is a big fan of trick-taking as yes. well. Oh, he, yeah. You can tell he grew up on trick-taking. <laughs> yeah. He, he yeah, he got right onto it. And he's like, boom, boom, boom. It's still not my favorite trick-taking game out of the ones we have. I think Little Devils is my yeah. favorite right now. Because it's just, Little it's Devils so, is so fun. fun. It, yeah. Because then you're trying to force feed certain tricks to people because yep. it's like, here, take this one that has five devils on it. I'm done. Yeah, right. It's like, I already know I winched it in there. Yeah. But Ghost of Christmas, phenomenal. So I just picked up uh, um, Cat in the Box, mm. which is a very strange... I want to play that one. I I finally, I, I knew it looked cool. I was like, okay, it's a, ne a neat take on trick taking. But, but cats. I, I never looked too much into it because of cats. But then I watched the How to Play video today. Oh my goodness! It does. It is the most groundbreaking trick-taking game I've ever seen in my life. Like this does, and that's saying something because Crew everybody thought was the groundbreaking one. Right? No, this uh, add all the groundbreaking from Crew plus Christmas. Yeah, uh, Chris. Uh, what is it called? The Ghost, uh, Ghost of Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, combine that to do and ramp it to eleven because that's what Sh Cat in the Box does. You're gonna watch it and you're gonna see what it does. And you're like, whoa! No, I, the, I, it'll I, blow your mind. I really want to try that one. I, I Once I found out about it, and then I was watching the Dice Tower right. talking about it, and I'm like, I need to play that. Yep. I don't I don't have a problem with cats. I'm fine with a cat theme. Right. <laughs> no, it, yeah, you know my thoughts on it. Like, I've never... I, my, Here's my reasoning. I accepted this one because it's less about cats. It's less about cats, and it's about that the quantum idea of yeah, Schrodinger's the cat. Yeah, in cat. the box, yeah. Right. It's about Schrodinger's cat. I like that, yeah. So that's that, another thing I like. It, it has nothing to do with cats, per se. It's just that that was the animal that they chose when Schrodinger was explaining it. Yeah. And I only owned one cat game before that, and that was Here Kitty Kitty, which is amazing, by the way. Friends of Fireside Games, awesome game. It absolutely justifies it, because there's, it makes sense. You're a crazy cat lady luring cats onto your yard, right? Yeah. So, speaking of cat games... This is now the second cat game that's proudly in my collection. Nice. Is the next one I played. And Illuminous, I get it. Like, uh, a lot of people who play trick-taking when they were younger, like, a lot... Uh, I knew people who played Rook a lot. Yes. They don't like trick-taking anymore. Because right. they played it so much. Highly recommend you try Ghost, Ghost of Christmas Past or Little Devils. No, Ghost of Christmas. Ghost of Christmas, yeah. Because you're playing or, in past, present, and future. Or Little Devils. Little Devils does a lot different. On a slight tangent, I did finally do something that I've always wanted to do. Which is? I read A Christmas Carol on Christmas. Oh, nice. The wife actually got me a hardback copy. Yeah. It's like 106 pages, so it's not very long. No. I read half of it in the morning, and then when she went to bed at 10, I read the last half of it, right. and I finished it at like 11.30. Uh, are you going to be the kind of person, like if you eventually have kids, are you going to be reading like the, the, the um, what is that Christmas story? The, threw up the sash, and like, uh, talking about Santa arriving. Yeah, I'm. 
Probably, maybe. Probably. I'd, I'd read that I feel story. like you would be like the kind of guy who would just sit down and say, like, all right. Hey, everybody. I played Santa we, one year for the hospital, so. All right. Oh, that's, you, you'd pull it better off than I do, that's oh, for yeah. sure. So, it, I know it is, can you grab it right there? It's right behind you. Which one? Uh, Ghost of Christmas. It is a, um, I know it is a Japanese designer. It's made by board game tables or yeah, all play It's now. not hard to find now. It is, it's designed by Taiki Shinzawa. Yeah. So, it is Japanese uh, and I think they just put a Ghost of Christmas theme on it. Or, yes. Uh, the Christmas Carol theme on it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's phenomenal. I really, really enjoyed it a lot. So, the next game I've been playing, back to my tangent, yeah. is a cat game. Really? I played Boop. Oh, okay. From Smirk and Dagger. We actually Smirk and Laughter. We actually watched uh, them showing us how it works yes. in um, At Gamma. Gamma. Mm-hmm. And... I, and I told uh, Kurt, the owner of the owner of uh, Smirk, Smirk, and and Laughter, Dagger, Smirk and Laughter and Smirk and Dagger, uh, Kurt Covert, awesome guy. Great guy. Yeah, I, I told him, I was like, I don't want to admit it, but this might be the second game that I've ever owned that has Katsu. Okay. And because Pause, it's on the same quick. creator as Shobu. Pause it real quick. Both cat games that you own and is in your collection are from people you adore. Yes, yeah. Justin DeWitt and Anne-Marie DeWitt from Fireside and Kurt Covert from Smirk and Dagger. Yes, they are <laughs> some of the best people in gaming, yeah. hands down. Give them a major shout-out because they're yeah, awesome. they're great people. And so I played Boop with my daughter because my daughter was like, Cats? Yeah. <laughs> and it's from the guy who made Shobu, which I love Shobu. I like it a lot. I know you don't care for I it. I don't care much I, for it, but it's because I'm not an abstract guy. Right. This one, it's real simple. You have a 6x6 six six space grid that's mm-hmm. made out of... It's a quilt. Yeah. And it's literally like a foam <laughs> quilt. That, like and the space the box, work. right? And you put the, the back of the box upside down, which looks like the edges of a bed, and you put it on top. And so it's just a bed, right? On your turn, you take one of your cat tokens, whether it's a cat, a full adult cat, known as a cat, or a kitten, which is the, the one that's all hyper and bouncing around. Yeah. You take any one of those tokens, and you set it down. You start with just kittens, eight of them. Yeah. Anytime you place on a kitten, every kitten that's it, that's adjacent to it, including diagonal, jumps one space away. Because you're trying to get three of your kittens in a row to mm-hmm. upgrade them to cats to make them to. And, I guess, and then the goal them. is get the kittens to make cats, cat three cats in a row to win. Right? Yes, exactly. So once you get three adult cats in a row, it wins. Now. That that action of setting down your cat and bouncing others away, it's called booping them. Okay? And the instructions say, at that point, either meow or say boop. I refuse to meow. <laughs> I did definitely say boop a lot. <laughs> it was just funny. Was boop, boop. <laughs> you see them. Eddie, if, they, if they jump off the edge, they jump off the, 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 the bed, and that's just how it is. You can set up cool calm. Like, it doesn't combo if there's two in a row. They don't yeah. bounce, you know. So there's a lot of cool th- ways to manipulate it. But my f- one of the funniest parts of the rule book, which set it apart, it said when you graduate any any kittens to cats, you you remove the kitten pieces from the game because you're only going to have eight pieces. Yeah. And it says, we suggest put them in the box. Kittens like being in boxes. This <laughs> <laughs> just makes the perfect sense all of a sudden. Now you immediately know the rules. Boop is a brilliant game. I was I still really gotta try it. I, I liked how it looked on uh, yeah. um, great components. Gamma. Yeah. I, again, it's just I'm not an abstract guy. Right. I, I am the first to admit it. I've tried. I I tried Shobu. Right. It's a fine game. It's just not something up my style. What I think sets it apart from abstracts 
And because abstract, like, there's no theme, it's hard to get into it, right? Yeah, Shobu doesn't make sense. The idea of you imagining a kitten jump into the middle of the bed and all the cats like, ah, like freaking out and jumping away. <laughs> makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And functionally, it makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, at that time you killed me is really good. So, I, I, I have it and I own it. I like it a lot. It's really a smart game. What I find funny about this, mm-hmm. out of our game groups, all of us are fine with cats, but two of us are allergic and the other right. one just likes I dogs do more. Like cats. You own the most cats? And the most cat games. And the most cat games. Probably. Yeah. Because yeah. I think the only one I could think of that I know one of friend has is Isle of Cats. You like what? No, our, <laughs> our friend has Isle of name. Cats. Yeah. I don't mind cats. I'm allergic to them. That's yeah. the only reason like I, I said, can't own them. There's only I only own three cat games. Here Kitty Kitty. <laughs> I don't even own Exploding Kittens. But I have Here Kitty Kitty, uh, Cat in the Box, Now, and Boop. And Boop is really good, and it's saying and in my collection. You own two cats. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, one of our cats, he was he was on the ottoman while me and my daughter were playing, just eyeing those pieces. Like, I'm gonna get you pieces. I'm gonna get you. And we're like, Oh, you best not. Oh, that you cat, best that, not mess up our. That cat is adorable, though. That cat's funny. Yeah. yeah he, I, uh, when he's when he's calm, he's, he's a really good cat. Yeah. Your but, wife posts photos, and he's a cuddler. Yes, he is. I was noticing like some of the photos that she has, and he's like, he's a cuddler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is both good and bad for me because I like right. cuddly cats, but also I start sneezing. Really see, bad. I can appreciate, like, see, the, my argument against cats is why own an animal that doesn't care about you? Like, dogs will, yes, they probably show you over, overly <laughs> affectionate, right? But, like, our other cat, it only wants us to feed it, and it's like, it does two things, eat and hate. That's the only two <laughs> things it does, right? And so what's the point of having this this animal that you have to feed for 15 years and it's not going to love you? It doesn't care about you. It's waiting for you to die to feast on your flesh. That's what it's doing. What's the point, right? I mean, even guinea pigs can sh- and like rodents can show affection. They squeak and they get excited to see you. No, this cat does not. It just glares at you and says, well, you feeding me yet? So what's send the, your, your hate mail to everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com and I'll forward it to him. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> send it my way. Yeah, it. the vast majority of cats are just evil, demonic creatures. Honestly, I've never had a mean cat. You want one? No. I will give you the first one that lives in my house. I can't have cats. My parents have cats. Shave it. Them. I don't mind. There's no, more than one way to skin it, a shaving, cat. Shaving doesn't do the, It's the dander. Yeah, I know. So it doesn't do me any good. Stick it, cover it in tape. <laughs> Put a body pillow in around it. I don't care. So, <laughs> moving on. Ooh, off our great candy. game. <laughs> I'm moving on to my next game that I played. Uh, so, Ghost of Christmas Past, this next game, and my last game were all from our game nights last week. Yes. Um, this one is probably my least favorite of the three, and I still really, really enjoyed it. And yep. this one is Euphoria. Yep, better, Euphoria. Better, build a better dystopia, its full name. <laughs> uh, by Stonemaier Games, it's one of his, uh, Jamie Stegmeyer's first two games. I actually really enjoyed it. You kept saying, you know what, it's a fine game, but I don't like it. And, da, da, da. and then you... I said I didn't like it. I said, out of out of most Stonemeyers, it's one of my least favorites. And, and I and, and I now, do remember my first play. <laughs> it, I mean, Stonemeyer's are really climbing for me, but it's still one of my least favorite, but slightly less so. Yeah, no, I like, I, really, I liked it. It was fine. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time playing it. It's a fine game. I love. Uh, I bet uh, back to React. Okay. Uh, so I heard React. Sounds cool. 
What I would like about it, I like worker placement. I uh-huh. like dice placement games because they give you that worker placement. For what sure. I liked about it is that if your characters got too smart, they ran away from you. Right. And so I like the aspect of it, and I like the fact that there's no points. It's the first person to get all ten stars out there based right. on, oh, you can't get this, you can't do this, you can't, uh, like, uh, putting it on monuments, put it on right. areas, put it on... Uh, like your personal goal card, or you know, mm-hmm. get some more recruits. Who's ever going to do that? I'm always going to put my star out there because it's hard to get these stars out there. Right, exactly. Uh, getting your resources, paying your costs to make sure you get all your things back, or else you have to move down on a track. Yeah, uh, I love a lot of the choices in this game. I love my one complaint is the the colors. The the, the dice are fine colors to an extent, but it just. Because uh, someone was playing red and someone was playing green. At least they were slightly different, so I could tell the difference. But even then, it's like, where's my yellow? Oh, that's right, because they're a faction. Right. I had to play orange, and that I struggle with orange sometimes. And so, but yeah, all in all, I did enjoy this game a lot. I Again, I like worker placement. I like dice placement games. And this one really hit to the point where it's staying in my collection. Mind you, I collect the Stonemeyer games. Yeah, that's not a high bar to read. No. Like, it would have to be quite a dud for you not and the, to that's get the rid thing. of the I, I'm not a huge fan of Pendulum because I've only played the solo aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But it's going to stay in my collection. I, I do like what it's doing. I just yeah. wish I liked it more. Yeah, and I bet once we play the real-time version of it, I bet you'll like it a well, lot. Well, I had to play the real-time version. I That's the only way you can play the solos in the real-time. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Cool. Uh, the next game I want to talk about was a simple little dice game, but a great production. Um, it's from a company called Trick or Treat Games, and this is called Zombie Mania. Oh. I bought it recently. It's a Reiner Knizia dice game, and which is, on- which is interesting because I was looking and picking up the uh, Creature Comforts or Creature Feature. Creature Feature. Yes. I was so tempted. I was honestly about to do that too, like because I really like what they're doing. And what, I love I- Trick or Treat Studios. What they're doing, I haven't yes. played any of their games. Right. No, it's, but so Zombie Mania was an older game, and I think Creature Feature might have been. Yeah, it's an older one. It's one of his yeah. more, uh, mm-hmm. it's his bluffing game back from the 90s, I yes, think. Yes, exactly. They're reprinting. Exactly. So they're, they're taking these old properties, remaking them, and especially making them Halloween-themed or monster, you know, themed. Mm-hmm. And I saw an interview with one of the main guys, and, and they asked a legitimately fair question. They said, are you worried about, like, you know, people only playing this during Halloween, and that's the only time they want these games? And And he brought up a good point. He said... That is like, well, you know, oftentimes, like, it's not quite like, like, say, Christmas games, for example. Yeah. There's, like, a time and a place to play Christmas games. And that's Christmas. It's like, I feel like there's enough people who are in the Halloween spirit or is totally wrong. fine with a horror game any time of the year that I'm, we're not worried about it. Honestly, and I was like, it's yeah. Richard Garfield, and he's correct. It's yep. Richard Garfield. Uh, I believe Creature Feature is Kinesia. No, uh, Creature Feature is Garfield. Garfield. The other one is This one's Kinesia. So the way this game works, Zombie Mania, um, everyone has their board, which is a great, you know, good-sized board, about yay big, completely not necessary. Didn't you just pick this up and you already played it? I literally bought it like two days ago and I played it today. (laughs) You bought it yesterday. I bought it yesterday and played it today. Yes. Because I remember it was at the sale. I saw it. I thought about it. Yes. Because, I mean, it was like 30 bucks yeah. normally, and it's heavy. Each of these, there's 40 zombie tokens that are about that big, about an inch and a half tall, and a big, like, half a pound each. Like, I swear, like, the bag of zombies is like this big, chunky, heavy, bake-like plastic. Good quality dice, 
and five or six boards. Which, see, I'm good with yep, you uh, like your four every year. <laughs> All year. So, so the dice faces that are on it, there's uh, blue zombies, green zombies, which just have a single zombie each, brown zombies, which have two zombies pictured on it. Is this the one you said you were going to talk about, about the colors? No. Okay. That was the holiday special. Okay. Game, the red and green. Okay. Um, no, this one, the colors are bright enough where it's pretty obvious. And nice. there's different pictures anyway. Nice. Um, so it's totally colorblind friendly. But then you also have houses, uh, graveyards, and times two symbols. Okay. So you have eight dice. Just chuck them all, right? You have to set aside at least one zombie die. Either the double or, or a blue and a green one. Or a green one. You have to set aside at least one of those dice on your turn. Otherwise, if you roll and there's no zombie dice, then you bust. Mm. And so it's a kind of a press your luck. But then you can set aside any number of other dice you want. Okay. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to get rid of your zombies. If you and you only get to take an action for any of the or any of the symbols if you have a pair of them. So in order for me to get rid of the zombies, I have to throw them into the graveyard. Well, I need two graveyard dice to do it. Mm-hmm. So. And in order for me to get rid of one zombie, I need two of the same zombies. So two blue or two green. Or if I have the pair, the brown ones, two brown ones, I get rid of two zombies. Okay. But if I get the graveyard, and then I also get a pair of houses, instead of the graveyard, I could throw it on somebody else's house and have them deal with it. So it's an extra little plus, but it's fewer zombies that I can get rid of. But it, it curbs the other players, too. But there's also a times two, which if I get a pair of times two, that doubles the amount of zombies I can deal with. So you have these cool little combinations where you're like, okay, in order for me to send it to somebody else, I have to definitely roll the graveyards plus two uh, house dice, and I still have to roll a zombie every turn, yep. hopefully getting these pairs matched up, but then if I want to roll a times two, that gets rid of a lot more dice, but then that's two fewer dice that I can get zombies on. It's nuanced, but it has a lot more going for it than it seems. Like It sounds like it's like really clunky. Um, and you're setting aside like two or three dice per turn, totally fine. Yeah. But the page is, or it's literally a page of rule books front and back, and most of it's just example. And it's incredibly simple, good quality pieces, great family game. Yeah. I played with my kids. They ended up like begrudgingly. I was like, hey kids, since you're not cleaning the house, come on over and you're playing a game with me. And they're like, oh, but we want to play a video game. Like, no, come on. You play dice games with me, because otherwise mommy's going to make you clean. So, come on. <laughs> Here's your chance. And they're like, fine. And then we played it, and yeah, they liked it a lot. I had fun. Really good. I'll bring it over for next Halloween, if not sooner. If not sooner. I'm fine if you bring it over before then. Because uh, one of my goals, not goals per se, but what I want to do now is not worry about my shuffle shame, but more so actually want to play some of the games that I have on my shelf that just been sitting there. I want to play my the actual spoilers games. for the few. Episodes. Honestly, I don't know if I'll put that as one of my resolutions for next year. Right, but uh, we'll see. Get back into playing the stuff that we like. Yeah, so like play another game of Return to Dark Tower or Absolutely. another game of Dark Side Rising because yeah. I I haven't played that since the pandemic because I used to play it online because a, a friend had a copy and we had a copy and yeah. one person would just run the game we'd just roll what dice we had. Makes sense. Cool. <laughs> All right, so moving on to my last game, and this was my favorite of the night by far. And mind yes. you, when we played it, we were also it was like at the end of the night, I think it was 10 o'clock, but all of us were still itching to play more games. Yes. The three of us. One had to leave. 
And so I'm Boy, like, did he miss out. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> and our friend's so. like, I know Liber- that one, and it's Libertalia. He's like, I know that one. I can teach you guys. And both yeah. you were like, okay, yeah, I've been wanting to try that one. Yeah. Not realizing who was actually the designer of this until Pal- I told you. Palomori. Yeah. Palomori, as he was explaining some of the stuff, and he was showing the example, said Palo. And I'm like, yeah, that's Palomori. He's like, oh, I'm more interested okay, now. Because yeah. I've played a few of his before, yeah. but Ethnos, um, I like Rise of Augustus a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple others I think I've played of his. But when we played this one, it just, it was so fun. Insane. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, boom, 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 boom. All right, click all these. I'm going to kill your guy. He's off the island. Yeah. He's gone. You can't use him. He's not on your ship. Yep. Oh, my God. It was fun. It, it played quickly. Once we started going, we played all, what, four rounds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, three trips. And three it's trips, uh, yeah. one, two, three nights, four nights. Uh, four, five, and six. Yeah, it's four, five, and six. Four nights for the first night, five for the night, and six. And it was so fun putting it out there. And you're trying to, like, because everybody has the same cards. One person yep. is running the decks. And it's like, okay, these are the numbers. And it's like, which one's he going to play? Was he going to do this or is yep. he going to do this? And then you're looking at the loot that's in the, the area and you're like, right. oh, I don't want that one because it's bad. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. I know he's played this and this already. So I'm going to do this. This way I don't get that purple one. Yep. <laughs> and so it got to the point because I was forced to take a purple one, you beat me. Because our mutual friend, I think he got last. You beat me by two points. Two it was one hundred two to one hundred, and be, it's because I got one of those purple ones was negative three, which yep. dropped me from one hundred three to one hundred. Yeah, it was so good. I love games when it's that tight. Yeah, it's so quick. We played it, and once we got it going, we played it what thirty forty five minutes. Yeah, because we were done about eleven. Yeah. Yeah, we were actively engaged the whole time. The whole yeah. time. It was Talking, fantastic. joking, playing. Uh, I think I had like the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack on yeah. the background. Uh, but it was phenomenal. I think that, that, hands down, this is up there on one of my favorite Stonewire games. This is my second favorite. So, yep. I don't know if it's my second favorite. Cause yep. I, I Hands down, second favorite. It's probably my third uh, behind Viticulture and Wingspan. Yep. Mine, it's only behind uh, Charterstone. It now bumped out Tapestry. Nice. I, and I like Tapestry a lot, but as soon as I... And I even told you that as soon as we were done. I was like... Second favorite. Love it. <laughs> this is awesome. I want to buy it now. It was so, so good. I can't recommend it enough. And, like, you know, Stonemaier Games, I tend to generally like his stuff. Yeah. I do. But I'm not, like... Like, Euphoria, it's like, yeah, it was fun, you know? Yeah. Scythe, I was like, I like it. It's cool. Yeah. But I don't need to own it or anything like that. When I play Libertalia... You won. Wow! You're like, this is gonna be like my fourth Stonemaier game. I'm gonna own. Yes, this will be. This is the next one I buy because I played rolling. I played just about everything in the collection. Yeah, I own everything in the collection. I don't know where my Rolling Rails copy is. I think it's somewhere over there. Yeah, it's it's somewhere. Yeah, I, I had to move it because I ran out of space. Uh, all my Stonemaier games is all this second shelf on that corner there. All the way up to my roof. Right. <laughs> so something had to move. In fact, the tapestry expansion had to move over on this side. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I can't fit it all in the box. So um, this last game that I want to talk about is a game that I think you would appreciate the theme. It is a solo-only game, which okay. I've been playing more of. Um, this is called Coffee Roaster. Yeah, I saw that. I want to play this one. Yeah, I well, I should have brought that over then instead of this. That, that, that is so, one I've been hunting for a while. I, yeah, a friend of mine got it for me as a Christmas gift, and so I've had it for about a week now. And last night I played it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I sat down in bed. I was like, yeah, I'll just figure it out real quick. 
absolutely destroyed it. Like I, I did what, just awful. What, what, just what's, really awful. What's I would have made just the worst. I hate you. Coffee. Don't like the yeah. theme. No, I, well, <laughs> you don't like coffee. I know. It was so. I watched a video on how to play it. Which, by the way, as I'm there, drinking there coffee, is. I want to. I want to give a shout out to this YouTuber real quick because, I, I know I'm like tangenting, but this is other than Rodney Smith's game, um, or his instructions. This was one of the best instructional videos I had seen for a long time. Uh, the Dicey Review. I've seen some of his stuff. He's pretty good. I, I want to give that... I've never seen his stuff before that, but yeah. he made it so easy to learn how to play it, and I that was by far the best how to play video. Cool. Um, that I've seen in a long time. But anyway... Outside Rodney Smith. Outside of Rodney Smith, of course. He's the, he's the hierarchy. But. Um, okay, uh, there's another one that I kind of watch for like the bigger games. Yeah. I think it's like John Gets Games or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. John Gets Games, he does a really good job, too, but I didn't see one of his. Otherwise, I, he would have been my go-to. Yeah. Um... But, yeah, no, like, so Coffee Roaster, the way it works is you have a few rounds um, where you are going to be roasting your coffee beans. They start off either being uh, a number from, you know, uh, I don't know what the term is, but, like, soft bean or whatever. It's basically before a zero. It doesn't count as a bean yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it becomes a zero, two, three, four, uh, zero, one, two, three, four. And then if it goes past four, it's a burnt bean because it's too roasted, right? And you're trying to aim, depending on the scenario, there's like 22 scenarios or mm-hmm. something. Basically, it's different flavors of bean or coffee that you're trying to go for. Okay. And you're trying to go for a certain level of perfect, like, cooked, like, perfectly roasted, which I think is like about 14. Um, so, it's a pool builder. And what you, you pull out at the beginning of the round, it's anywhere from like 6 to 14 beans mm-hmm. or chips that you bring out. And uh, certain ones will give you actions, like different flavors will give you different actions, mm-hmm. where you can either like preserve one, split a bean, or combine two together, or just preserve them and put them back in the bag so they don't get roasted this round. Um, yes, there is, it's a it's a lot of chips in it, like uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, chips. Yeah, you heard yeah, chips. They're, they're tokens. Yeah, yeah. chips, tokens. Uh, that's that's all chips, for. Teas. No, no, it's chips. <laughs> oh, they refer to them as chip with a p. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so the different chips, um, and so you're you're getting these, and at the end of the turn, um, all of the ones that you have in front of you are gonna roast and move up one level mm-hmm. more more roasted, right, to the next number. However, um, during certain rounds, there's there's very important rounds that'll add smoke to the to the roast, and they'll jump up by two, and that gets scary because if you have a three or a four at that point. Yeah. Those are going to get burnt. Yeah. Yeah, and those are worth negative points at, at the end of it. So I missed one very critical rule then, uh, last night when I played it for the first time. And so they have this little chart where you can keep track of how roasted your beans are. And, like, so when, let's say I roast five zeros into ones, I mark yeah. it up five, you know. And so you can get a good judge of, like, when is the best time to, to do the tasting, right? Because if you're aiming for 14, maybe like 24, 25, something like that, yeah. out of out of all the chips, well, it goes up to 40. I ran out of room, <laughs> and I was like the second last round. I was like, I I'm I I've hit 40. I've hit the maximum that this chart goes. Like, I just have a pile of burnt beans and all this. Why am I doing so bad? And I I had a the example that it gave in the rule book. The the example player got 12 points. For, for that round. Yeah. I got five. I counted that as a loss. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what the parameter is, but a five is not good. 
And then the rule that I missed was that you can end at, at the end of any round and then just do the tasting. Oh, I okay. pushed it to the very end where it required you to do, do the tasting. tasting. Oh. That was the problem. Having reread that rule, I was like, okay, I tried it again today. I got 14 points. I'm like, boom, got it. I kind of nice. as a win because now it suddenly made sense. It it was it was good enough where I failed so spectacularly that I was like, man, I need to try that again just to see. Like, I'm sure I'm missing something, but yeah. it seemed almost mundane at first. But I was like, something's broken. But then I realized it was what I understood. Tried it again, did way better, and now it's multiple rounds of different like styles, different yeah. abilities that you have. It's a smart game. I, yeah, I was impressed by it. I'm interested. That was Coffee Roaster. My next uh, solo game. Uh, quick question. Mm-hmm. Which is the Dark Roast? What is it? Oh, the one that I had? No, no, I'm saying like Dark Roast. Like when it comes to coffee, you have your light roast, your medium roast, and your dark roast. Do you know the difference between the three? Um, About three digits, yeah. Um, <laughs> a, a light roast is a one in this game, and a dark roast would be a four. Yeah. So uh-huh. the darker the roast of a bean... Yeah. Less acidity that it is in the coffee. So if you want a more bitter flavored coffee, uh-huh. then you go for a light roast. If uh-huh. you want like a normal coffee, medium. Oh, and, that makes sense. Uh, for like people who like a more mild taste, the darker the roast, the better for you. Oh really? Okay. I would have, I would logic would say that, you know the lighter the roast, the, 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 yeah, the less no. harsh the flavor. Nope. Because I appreciate a good char like mm-hmm. flavor. I can enjoy a really good char flavor, so that's strange. That's interesting. Darker the roast makes it more mild because um, coffee beans are naturally bitter, mm, okay. and so when roasting them uh, pulls the bitterness out of them. So you're saying I should light them all on fire, <laughs> wait till they're charcoal, <laughs> and then put them in some water, water stir it around, like it. Yeah. and I'll love it. I mean, I'm, yeah, so I'm then, drinking dirt water as it is. You know, yeah, like so I'm, I'm I'm actually drinking bean water. I'm water. actually drinking coffee. Yep. <laughs> no, but the coffee roaster, it was cool. I was I was interested by how it worked because I've been getting into solo gaming more. And uh, yeah, it, I was impressed. What's interesting about it when it comes to the coffee for me, mm-hmm. I've, uh, as I've gotten older, I drink more darker roasts yeah. just because the less acidity is really good for my GERD. So like, yeah. I could still drink coffee without getting like really bad acid reflux. That's right. All right. Shall we get into the main part of our episode? Because we went on a tangent. We went on a tangent. We appreciate everybody who has listened this far. Let's talk about the actual topic today. We're going to review our... If we met our our 2022 gaming goals. That's right. So we have our list right here of our gaming goals that we made last year, almost exactly at this time. It was like December 29th, I believe, was when that episode released. So we made 20, or we made a bunch of goals... Uh, eight each. Eight each. Um, for that year, and we're going to talk about whether we met them or not, and uh, going, explain Dice why we didn't. <laughs> and Dice Truck was just letting us know he got two games for Christmas that can be played solo. Final Girl, oh. amazing Final Girl. game. Good choice. Tiny Epic Dungeons. Haven't played it yet. It's on that shelf of shame over there. That's right. <laughs> hallucinations. <laughs> Greeting and hallucinations, yeah. Welcome, Dice Truck. All right, so... Here we go. Shall we begin? Let's do it. As always, I have my coin of doom. Not that this is a debate or anything. Yeah. But this is just so we have a no, rhyme and reason first. of who's talking. I'll talk first. Uh, my first one that I want to talk about, uh, my number eight is I wanted to reorganize my game room. Which, <laughs> shush it. Because let's talk about why I technically have not completed this yet. And I say technically because I have reorganized it by adding more games and not organizing them accordingly. 
It is a different organization than it was before, as in way worse. So, actually, the, my reasoning is I know one of the big things I wanted to do was not only just reorganize them, but get new shelving. Mm -hmm. I have since got some new shelving. Not as, not as much as I need for it to justify it, because I still need about ten more shelves. But I have yep. gotten two more, and I have gotten a lot of games off of the floor, which is already a plus. So I have reorganized it to a bit, but as an overall whole, I, I'm not even close to what I was planning However, on doing. you did get new shelves this way. They don't collapse on That's you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Those two new shelves that I got hold a lot of games, and they should be a lot more stable. They're kind of like the ones to, behind us I right want now. too soon, yeah. And then uh, Dice Chuck, yeah, if that's your first Tiny Epic, all of them play very differently. I, They are They are formulaic, but they are different. But they are quite a bit different. Uh, I haven't so played Dungeons if you yet. notice on the shelf of shame right over here on the Tsukiyumi, at the very top, there's like these little boxes sitting up there. That's, that's my Tiny Epic Dungeons. Yeah. I own all of the dice, or all of the Tiny Epics. Um, I and I two. have three of them I still need to get off the shelf of shame. I own Tiny Epic Dungeons, and I own Tiny Epic uh, Quest. Those are the two I own with Tiny Epic. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of them, they won't get played in my house. At least the Tiny Epic Dungeons I can play solo. Same with Quest. I'm surprised Galaxies doesn't get played. Uh, my wife just doesn't like the Tiny Epic. She doesn't like the fact that they're tiny. Yeah, but like that one doesn't feel like, like it's purposefully tiny. It's just a dice and card game. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, same for me. I am a sucker for a dungeon girl. My first um, resolution here was actually a success for me. And this is the one I kind of do every year. I don't know how I'm going to change it up for the next year. And this just hit 100 new games to me. Yeah. Uh, or specifically my app as well. If it hasn't been triggered in the app, I count it. Uh, but this one, I call this a success. A highly good success. As of date, we're December 27th. I have played 153 new games to me. Yep. Uh, and I stopped keep track after 150. I just looked at my stats on the insights and it tells you how many new to you. Uh -huh. And it was 153. Last week uh, was just three new games. Uh, I hit it the week before when we played uh, Marco Polo. So yeah. I am quite happy. In fact, I hit my 100 goal by September. So I was like, okay, it took me eight months to do this. Let's half it out. I have four more months. Let me add another 50 to my challenge. Yep. My goal was 100. I bumped it to 150 because I hit. So for me personally, that was a great success, and I'm happy about that. Yep. Very good. Number seven. I'll start us off again. Uh, my number seven just flat out did not. I My goal is to reduce my collection. I am still aiming to do that here in the next couple months, and I have been talking about it definitely more seriously, but I am no, I have increased by about 20%. What's funny is he showed us a thing on Board Game Geek where a look at your, there's a, a website you can go to that can look at your statistics, because he always said he didn't have over a thousand games, and we were saying he yep. has over a thousand games. How much was it? Ooh, about 1,200 now. Yeah, 1,200. But, now see, I... No thanks to buttons for my games for signing up for the board game of the month. That and, doesn't help. And, and not just that. It's 1,200 games. That's not including all the expansions. That right. bumped you over to almost 1,300. <laughs> no, more than that. Yeah. More than that. Yeah. And what's even funnier about it, he's owned at one point 1,500 games, almost 1,600 games. Because yeah. it told you, like, no. uh, Yeah, it's it's a lot. And, and I need to bring it down. And I do plan on bringing it down. I need, you know what? You need to come over, and you need to be like, like, one, is this a game that you're going to play with your other group? So, so and two, you, if it's you, a game that only our group is going to play, 
I need you to be the bad guy here. You I need you to help me out. What is that? That lady on Netflix, Mary Kondo, Kondo or something? Like that. Does this give you joy? Does this bring you joy right now? <laughs> Would you play it right now? Like, yeah. Like, no, then it's gotta go. Yeah, like, I, I come to the realization, like, just base games alone, uh, because of that site, I have 284 games in my collection. Yes. With expansions, it bumps it over, like, 320, right. 340, something like that. Right. But, yeah, our three, uh, uh, there's four people in our game group. Yes. The three of us combined don't even touch his. Right. <laughs> We're close. Uh, and I have <laughs> reasons, right? You know, I get, I get demos, I get... Ones that I can show off uh, when exactly. I show them off. No, you're just a hoarder. <laughs> you're just a hoarder. Um, yeah, no, this is just flat out. I didn't even come close. But again, I am very serious about, uh, and I've been in talks the yeah. past few weeks, and you, you've you heard my talks. I'm yeah, like, we've been talking like, about Like, do you think I could even drop a third of what I got, you know, and like pitch it? And, you're, and you said no, because then we won't have enough room when we for trade in. <laughs> for the rest of us, yeah. Right. Because, so. I mean, normally when we go do our, our trade in, you have like eight bags of games and yes. we could barely fit in the... And right. it's a big SUV. You even nicknamed it right. Big Bertha. Big Bertha, yeah. <laughs> so, yep. so going on to my number seven, I actually had to deal with the podcast. And this one is to get better at editing and just do stuff to the podcast. And I call it a success, success-ish. success It's kind of a 50-50 because... I did get better at editing. I do still need to work on my transitions and putting better titles and screens and thumbnails. But I didn't work on thumbnails. Mind you, I was working a full-time job, so I really couldn't train on that till like, the latter half of the year. And then we didn't change the logo because neither one of us really wanted to <laughs> work on that for the time being. Right. Um, I am in talks with a friend of mine that she might change it for us and work with it because she Ooh. has this thing for her business where they uh-huh. need their logo that she could probably set it up for us to do through there because yeah. I didn't want to pay... Uh, I forget what the company was. I didn't want to pay them the money to help set up that logo. Right. Uh, Too much money. It, it is getting better. My editing is getting better. In fact, our recording is getting better, so it takes for me to have uh, less editing processing. So I was like, okay, I don't have to take this out. I don't have to do this. Our recording's getting better. Our sound's getting better. Yeah. Uh, we're still working and triggering it. But it's, it's getting there. So yeah. that's why I said success-ish. Success-ish. Very good. Alright, number Next. sixes. This happens every time with this coin. Mm-hmm. Is that it'll be me for the other half, and then the other half will be you. Number six. Uh, my goal is to get more interviews for the podcast. Um, I just liked and didn't do it. Well, you did put some emails out, though. But yeah. uh, there was a couple. But I, I wasn't... Talked, uh, you emailed Phil Walker-Harding. He was just really busy at right. the time. He told right. us to try again later on. And we, we forgot to email him back. But we'll, we'll get you one day. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to one day. No, I, what I want to do is start getting other podcasts who's on here as well and, and having them talk over different ideas. Uh, I would love to have another podcaster eventually be on here and do one of our top eight debates with us. Well, we had a TikToker. We did. We had a TikToker. And we've had a few other people, too. I mean, like, uh, we have other people that we want to bring on as well throughout the podcast. But this is just a matter of, uh, you know getting more people into it and, mm-hmm. and talking them over with, which we will eventually do. Eventually, yeah. But, it's yeah, just... I, I dropped the ball on that one. Number six. Get more interviews. Didn't happen. All right. So my number six here was get back to a con, a con or convention. And I would call this a roaring success. Not only did we go to, U, uh, not Yumicon, uh, Gamma. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was fun. That's right. Uh, oh, it was a great time. We've met, we talked with people like Justin and... Um, 
uh, her her name Anne Marie. Anne Marie. Her name was escaping me for some reason. I wanted to say Amy for some reason. Which was the first time you met them? Yeah, the first time I met them. I, I well, I met Justin when we interviewed him on the. Oh okay. yes, yeah. But the uh, first time I met Anne Marie, some of the sweetest people I've ever met before. Yeah. His wife tried to take care of me after I had a massive fall. <laughs> she kept checking on me throughout the rest of the con because yep. she saw me limping. Because my ankle was already injured beforehand. I injured it yes. at work. And so it was just weekend. I had to buy, when we were staying in Vegas that night, I had to stop by a CVS and just get an ankle brace. And even right. then I fell down some stairs. Yep. <laughs> so, but she is a sweet Stairs were Justin, not your favorite thing. Justin year. was a great guy. Uh, got to meet uh, Kurt Covert uh, personally. He's such a nice guy. Got to hang out with another one of the guys under contract with Thing 12. Um, mm-hmm. Got to meet the... Uh, yep. uh, no, John. Oh, uh, John. John. Yeah. Uh, I got to meet the Shams for Thing 12. Josh. Wow. I apologize. Uh, his Josh, brain's mine, Josh but would, uh, yeah. I got to meet no, the Shams. Right uh, they were great people. Just meeting. Uh, got to t- uh, talk with Keith Mateka. Yep. Uh, we had a great time playing games with Floodgates to the point where mm-hmm. we were, do- were supposed to be doing like a, blo- uh, what is it, the speed dating thing? Yep. But John. we took like two yeah. times. Or two times with that guy because he was just showing us the game and we were just talking and shooting the, for floodgates. And yep. it, was, it was amazing. I had a great time at Gamma. But that wasn't even the best part. We went to Tucson Con and uh, yes. Rin Con and played some games there. Yep. So there's that, the actual board gaming convention. But the best for us personally, and you can actually go see it on our YouTube That's channel, right. we actually recorded a live podcast at a uh, convention at YumaCon. They invited us to go there. You were running your escape room with your business partner and they also asked us to do a panel and re-recorded a live top 8 debate at YumaCon. So that is a roaring success. Yeah. No, it was was a fantastic. And so I'm just going to jump straight into my number 5 because mine was attend a convention just because I had been jonesing to go back to Gamma from the year prior. You know, it had been too long. Um... Yeah, and then all three of those same same three conventions. I haven't attended um, Origins or Gen Con yet, but uh, I've been to Origins years ago. Years ago, a couple. Not any time recently. Yeah, and yeah, fantastic time, and I'm glad I did it. And uh, Gamma was great, like I said, and Yuma was just amazing. And that was the first time you had experienced Gamma. Yeah, and it's totally different than other conventions. Yeah, you had been to Dice yeah, Tower well, West. But the main thing about that one is basically because it's for retailers. It's yes. not like a normal mm-hmm. convention for fans and stuff right. like that. So you got to see a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. And that's yeah. what I like because we got game announcements. We got uh, yeah. we were like one of the first people that heard about the Star Wars Villainous being released. Yes, and not only on that, I remember when you and I went to the um, Asmodee uh, keynote and we were watching that. And they were, I guess, they were practicing. We're just, we're just gonna sit down for a few minutes, wait well, for them we, to, yeah, to begin. Yeah, we were showing up to go there, and we wanted yeah. to get a table before it got exactly. We're there like thirty minutes early, and they're flipping through their slides real quick to, yeah. to kind of practice a little bit. And then suddenly we saw unlocked like the board game meta ones. And we're like, wait, hold on, <laughs> did we just see what we saw? Was that was that a thing? <laughs> what's it? What's a yak? What, what's yak? What Come is on. yak? What yeah. is yak? What is it? Oh no! And it was, the reason why it was so easy for us is because where they were having that was on our floor so we just had to go down a hallway and around and yes. we were on their floor yep. we didn't have to go down up an elevator and up some escalators right. and then exactly. show up it that was convenient around. it was very convenient for us so we were the first ones there and then they were sitting there like should we stop or should we just keep going and both of us were like you know what keep going please right exactly <laughs> now real quick let's just talk about uh let's continue about this 
conversation. I, I'm so glad Dice Chuck and Illuminous are having are a fun chatting. time in the chat. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're talking about uh, co-op and solo games. Let's go through. Falling, Falling Skies, I played the prototype of it, um, the print-and-play version. It was okay. It was, it was kind of cool. Um, a neat little puzzle. It does some neat things. I do want to try Thompson it. Thompson Cuso, I have not played that haven't one. haven't played that one. Um, Nemo's War, haven't played that. I want to try Thunderbirds. Uh, let's see here. Nemo's War, yes. I really want to try that one as well. Spirit Island, holy cow. I just you got it for Christmas. You fell in love with that one. Oh my god, you I want to play it. fell in love with the smaller one. I fell in love with the Horizons of Spirit Island, and I really want to play Spirit Island really um, soon. I played Vagrant Song. I really do enjoy it. I love the story that you're going through it. I only wish that it wasn't just campaign. They give you, like, scenarios. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Dice Games. Yeah, I love Dice Games. Let's see here. Back to the Future, Dice Through Time. Um, I think that's the Robinsberger one. Cause that's the Robinsberger one. That's because right. uh, Back to the Future, Back in Time is the Funko one. That's right. That's right. Dice Through Time or Back in Time. Yeah, those are all... Those are... I, I own it. It's on my shelf of shame, which I'll be talking about soon. You're number five. Okay, I'm just trying to figure out where I'm at here. Mm-hmm. So my number five is finishing up this room and trying to make it better. And honestly, it's a fail. I haven't done any of the soundproofing that I wanted to do. Um, we have some panels. We have some panels. I just haven't put them up on the yeah. wall. They kind of just protect the back of They're the mic. They're quite literally resting against a mug right now. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's just kind of there. I still do kind of want to work on this. I, I did put up a second screen for us, though. So that that is a positive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do have a second screen up over here. I mounted it on the wall here. I kind of wanted to put it over there, but then I realized my plumbing's behind that wall. Oh, and no. so I don't want to mess don't with that. Don't want to find that out. So I'll go to the garage side. But... All in all, I still consider it a fail. There's stuff I want to do. I have put some stuff on the wall so it's not as bare. Um, but honestly, I still need to work it. I need to put a new shelf back there. That's my plan because I have some board games sitting in the corner over here that can't fit on shelves. Yeah. So there's things I want to do, and I consider this a fail because I didn't do any of those things other than putting a monitor. Yep. Good deal. I mean, not a good deal, but yeah. It happens. Happens. Number four. Hey, it's me. That's right. It's in the top half. So, I'm calling this next one a push, because it is whittling down my shelf of shame. And I did. I whittled a lot of the games that were on my shelf of shame back then to where it's only one and a half shelves now. However, the big thing is, there's more games going on this shelf. I have, I just put one, two... Three, four new games on the shelf of shame since last week when I took three games off the shelf of shame. Yep. So, negative one net. Negative one net. There you go. Oh, man. So, but I have been playing a lot of my shelf of shame. Um, I have a couple that are sitting over here that are going to go into my sale pile to take to when we do our Mm -hmm. sale trip, our our calling trip. So, yeah, just I call it a, a, a push because I have taken a lot of games off the shelf to the point I've taken a half shelf. So I did whittle it down a little bit, but <laughs> I haven't played all of them. In fact, I put a lot of new ones like Snow Tales, Godfather, uh, Jurassic Park, Legacy. Uh, all that has gone on the shelf, haven't been played. I just put right. four new ones on the shelf uh, that I got for Christmas. Just the other day. Just the, literally, uh, so between... Uh, the Wednesday, our last game night, when we did our Secret Santa, to yesterday, I've put, I bought, I had got six games. Two right. didn't go on my shelf. Four did. Yeah. Yep. That's how that works. Um, my number four, my goal was to complete another Legacy game, which... We were talking about this. 
I have a caveat. I technically have. Technically. I have been playing Clank Legacy. No, I'm going to say this as as not spoiler as I can. You did start one. We started one, and, I, and we played it through. We are we're on the last game. There is something that happens in the game where we have to play this last scenario again. That's all I'm going to say about it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to give spoilers or anything. Yeah. But I we have gotten to the end of this last scenario. Okay. And now, without having played it again, we have technically completed it. Now, I am going to try and, and redo to completion correctly, but I have almost, if with the exception of this one repeat game, mm-hmm. we have completed the, the legacy. So I'm going to count this as a success with an asterisk. And then you're That's also talking reason. about, like, there's a possibility that you can finish off another one of your games. Right. Is that one of your other future no, goals? No, uh, that's one of the. That's a different one. Yeah. Okay. But I thought it was on the no, same. No, this one. is. I wanted to complete another legacy because at the time we were playing um, Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, and I think we either finished it earlier this year or late last year. Uh-huh. And my goal was to complete another legacy game through and through, and I am technically half a scenario remaining. Okay. So again, Asterix, count that as a fail or a win, however you want. But I think that. Is pretty much counted. Okay. And there's a chance that I might even play it before the end of the year. Yeah. And because Mind that you, is again, we're recording on the 27th. Yes. yes. So I still have a couple days that I actually, we were more or less planning to potentially do that. Yeah. So, we'll so he's completed Machikoro Legacy. I haven't. Yes. I've done Machikoro Legacy. It's on my shelf of shame. I think you can't see it because it's behind the wreath right It's here. silly. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I liked it. I mean, it's not it's not good, but it's fun. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, it's 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 one of the more chaotic Machikaros. All right, our number threes. Number threes. Me. As if so, there's any surprise. So this one is kind of a push for me in a six. I put it down as meh, and this is just to be on the internet more, be more online friendly, get more into the talking mm-hmm. in the groups. And I've done that a little bit on the board game revolution. I've done a little bit on the dice tower group, board game spotlight. I wanted to be more active with our Twitter account, and then Twitter went to a cluster <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. And I'm like, yes. I, I, I really don't want to deal with that. I am not a social media person. In fact, no. my personal Facebook, I hardly ever use unless it's in like the board game grouping, stuff right. like that. I don't uh, other, do other than that than just scroll for if I'm bored. And even then, I hardly do that. I mainly go right. to Twitter just to get my sports uh, updates and stuff like that, or if there's any cool gaming cells. Other than that, I haven't really been active on social media except for a little bit in the board game arenas when we're putting up our polls or our questions, which we haven't done in a while. Not the polls, the questions itself, Mm -hmm. but it's just because, honestly, for me, social media is, it's a cesspool, and the further and further I take a step back from it, the further and further I feel fine with, you know, never using my Facebook or never using my Twitter accounts. 100% I agree. It's just... I honestly, I originally used social media to keep in connection with my cousins that are like further away. So like I have a cousin who's married to a captain in the military, so they're always moving. So it's hard to keep up with their addresses. So it's easier to keep in touch with them through Facebook. I have a bunch of family that lives in Tennessee. It's easier just through Facebook because one of them lives in an area where cell service is a bit spotty because they wanted to get out of the city and go more of the countryside. So 
on the on, because I took a step back from that, I took a step back from the board gaming social media. Yep. And it is what it is. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm not gonna, upset with you. If that <laughs> makes you feel any yeah. better, so I don't I blame you. I didn't make it. I I, I am going to keep my social media aspect for like using it for the board game revolution. Sure. You can get in contact with us on the Twitter account. I won't answer you if you ask me questions and stuff like that. Again, you can get in contact with us through our personal, or not our personal emails, but our personal podcast email. You, we'll, we'll contact there if you comment on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Well, we will comment back to you, or we'll talk with you through there, um, or come into our chat when we're doing a live stream. But honestly, I, I think I'm not even going to make this a goal. I'm going to take a step further back from social media. Yep, I don't blame you. And Illuminous, yeah, just to clarify, King's Dilemma, I did pick up a copy of King's Dilemma, and I have not played it yet, but that is probably next on the docket to play mm-hmm. for for me out of my collection. Yeah. Although I did just buy Skyrim, the adventure game. Which <laughs> I, it's a campaign one. It's not Legacy. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. I, I understand, um, even though it's narrative, more narrative <laughs> you know driven, King's Dilemma is technically a Legacy. I was just watching the, the past video to get what my goals were yes. to see if I made them, because I try not to keep looking back at the goals, because sure. I want to watch it. And watch the video and go, okay. So, but we actually had this same discussion yes. about campaign and legacies yes. in that episode. Uh huh. I mean, it's tough. It, uh, it's a <laughs> Skyrim the Chip Theory game. It's not Chip Theory, uh, but it's, no, it's, it's beefy, though. It's, it's beefy, though. There's a lot in it. All right, number Two. three. I'm not talking about my number three. three. Yeah. So, my number three, this is the one you were referring to earlier. I uh, want to finish time stories. Now, when I first said that at the beginning of la- or the end of last year, the you last know, time I had played it, we're, we're still like halfway through the last scenario. Yeah. The last time we had played it was March of 2020. Yeah. Okay? Right before the lockdowns, which that all made sense. Yeah. Since then, I have not played it yet at all. An entire year, and we have not played it yet. So, when I pulled up this list earlier today, and I was like, I need to review this. Let's just make sure I, I remember this. I remember this was the one that I was like, I have not finished yet. Mm-hmm. I have since texted the group that I <laughs> that I've been playing with it over the years, and and I have another uh, friend of ours who's who's now in the gaming group. And I said, Hey, is there any way we can meet this week before the end of the year for New Year's Eve, which is Saturday? Yep. And let's play let let's play time stories. Like, I will make time for you guys. Let's just finish it. Yeah. Just I was like, that was one of my goals this year. And they all they all pretty much agreed. Um, so we're probably going to be meeting in the next couple days. So this is tentative. This is theoretical. Look forward to we're, next week's episode. Yeah. For next week, give you I the will update. give you the, whether <laughs> this is confirmed or not. But one of our one of our, our, our new friend who, who's joined in on the chat, they're like, oh, I'm not familiar with time stories. This must be something that, that was before my time. And one of my friends pointed out, it's like, yeah, this was like, you know, about three or four years ago. I was like, no, it was seven when we started. <laughs> and he was like, whoa, whoa, we've been playing this for seven, seven years. Well, I can't really say it anything. It needs to be done. I'm still only on the third scenario. Yeah. And I haven't played it since 2019. And Well, see, that makes sense, though. But at that point, that gaming group that we're playing We've it been on the last up. scenario for four years. <laughs> Like I don't remember any of it. I know the rough theme, so yeah. we're gonna have to start over when we do it. Like that's what, how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna very much like, and I I talked with you a little bit about this before. Yeah. My goal right now, because we need to finish it, is we're just gonna be playing it through the normal time units. Mm-hmm. Once it hits the bottom, we're not gonna reset. We're just gonna reset the timer, go again, 
do like we normally would and, and just, just count the number of plays. Yeah. yeah, and then it's now granted there's some leeway because normally you would have to read unlock certain things. Yeah. I'm sure, but no, we need to get this done. You've been and waiting seven years. I've been uh, waiting seven years. It. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate your acceptance of this. <laughs> I'm gonna finish time stories. Check in next week. There's our cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, there you Let's go. see if I do it. On to number two. On to our number two. Hey, look, I'm starting it. So, my number two is a utter, utter failure. Not for a lack of trying. And right. I did finish some of the campaigns that I've done. And this is uh, finishing campaigns. Yes. I did finish Initiative. <laughs> but I also started that last year. Yes. So, but I was talking about more Gloomhaven. Mind you, we have played a lot of Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and by we, he means you and your wife, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and the big thing about it is... There's just so much of it that we got burnt out for a little, so we stopped, took a break, started playing other campaign games with our other gaming group, right. um, Role Player Adventures. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting back into it, but we didn't finish that. We didn't finish Rise of Queensdale. We did not finish uh, Risk Legacy. We haven't even touched those two. Yeah. And in fact, I got two Legacies on my shelf of shame. I, I started uh, Pandemic Legacy uh, Season 2. I haven't finished Tartarstone. Yeah, I have not and touched Legacy. Yeah. A, any of my campaign games. The only one I finished is the initiative. I've started Vagrant Song. We haven't finished that either. <laughs> so, <laughs> campaign slash legacy games have not finished any of them. Well, don't worry, because my next one was to clear off the shelf of shame. <laughs> which, in my defense, I was... And even at, when I made this goal, I said, I would be happy if I got it down to zero and then happened by the end of the year to get more games and it mm-hmm. jumps back up. That's fine. But at some point during the year, I wanted it to be zero. And at in middle year, I had it down to about forty. Yeah, I remember I had close. a significant. Chunk. We were talking about. I it too. counted again today, sixty-eight. So you've added forty-eight more. <laughs> Significantly games. more since that one point, and that was a a project. No, you I had it down it in the thirties. Actually, yeah, you had it in the thirties because you you started like a hundred and something games. Yeah, so I had nearly a hundred. Yeah, so, so I was it's, close. It's close. No, it's a fail. Yeah, it's a fail, hundred percent. Because I never was a close failure. Faster. Yes, close failure. And I'm even doing like. Like caveats where it's like, oh, well, like, uh, Super Skill Pinball. I wouldn't have counted that on my Shelf of Shame anyway. Yeah, because you've already played the yeah. best games. Spirit Island, I'm not counting on my Shelf of Shame because I've played the, 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 the remake. Version, right, yeah. the smaller version. So I know the function. I know how to play it. So technically, it's not on the Shelf of Shame even though I haven't played that version yet. Don't even flip the coin for number one because I, I want to go last. Okay, that's fine. Because, I mean, it. yeah, that hands down ultimate failure. Mm-hmm. But... Hey, Alas, I like how, maybe I will. I like how both of ours were like yeah. the biggest failures. Right. But tune in next week. Let's see if I can get through all 68 games in the next four days. <laughs> oh, I would die. Because probably half of those games on that shelf is only what you would play in our group. Yes. <laughs> Big, heavy, meaty Euros, yeah. And you don't even get your next pick till next week. I have the colonists <laughs> on my list. The colonists, colonists. which is uh, like an eight- our Euro game. Hey, in your defense, though, you got Francis Drake and Marco Polo off. Of That's show. true, and those were fantastic. Those were amazing. I don't know how many times I'm going to play those again, but <laughs> I loved them when I did. Alright, my number one, the final one, is I wanted to be more inclusive, which I feel very much I have. Yeah, um, well, I feel yeah. like this was a success, judging by, uh, we have people from all walks, um, this was kind of a gimme. I wanted to end on a for gimme, sure. Yeah. But I wanted. I remember saying on our podcast, the original one, is that when people walk into the shop, I wanted to be that person where they can walk up to and go, "Hey, like, are you teaching games? Absolutely. Come on in. 
Mm-hmm. Come hang out. Like anybody who wants to come sit down, great time. And that's that was tell the me what you like, and it. I'll find one for you. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't know what you like yet, let's try some stuff out and see if you like it. Yeah. And I remember there was one specifically um, during uh, not not Black Friday, but it was like that Saturday after. Uh, no, our Christmas tree lighting. It was a it was a few weeks ago. Yeah. And it was incredibly busy downtown, oh, and, which is where our man. shop is located. And um, the employees gave me a very explicit like. Look, we're gonna we're doing crowd control. No, it's the zombie walk. That's what it was. Okay, so October. October. Yeah. Yes. Um, they said very explicitly, like the only people who are allowed to sit at those tables are people people playing games, right? Uh, we don't want people just coming in to to, to sit down and rest mm-hmm. up. Like we just don't have the capacity for it, and that's very fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and, it's so busy. Right. And so I remember the there was this one. Uh, she was probably like a teenage girl came and sat down, and you could tell she just like sat down. It's like, huh. Tired, you know, bust out her phone, started texting. And um, I remember, like, I could have approached it two very different ways. Yep. I could have said, hey, look, can't, unless you're playing, get out, you know, kind of thing. Or I could do what I did, which I was very proud of. I said, hey, uh, just to let you know, like, we're having our game night here. Um, technically, if you're sitting down, you got to play, you got, you need to be playing games. So let's play a game. <laughs> she was like, okay. And I brought out Rhino Hero. And I taught her how to play. Her friends ended up coming in. They sat down, they're like, what is this? And they played it. And they're like, this is cool. This yeah. is really neat. And I think it's sold out since then. Um, and that was one of those approaches where it's like, look, I get you're tired. Yeah. Like, I get why you're really here. Yeah. But let me swindle you into this. And they played, <laughs> Try it out. And then I think they genuinely became very interested in that game. And I'm pretty certain. I know one of them bought it that night. And uh, probably at least another person in their group would have bought it that yeah. later that week. Which is so, cool. Which is awesome. Like, I want them to find their next game that they love. And I found a lot of uh, different things. Another quick story. One of our regulars who's been there for over the years, he actually noticed that that the, there's been multiple generations of people who mm-hmm. come in and you see I different faces. You were one of our first ones. But we've probably had 10 to 15 different, like, generations and groups of people that have, you know, gone off to do different things. Either we start like, their own move, group from the shop and start, start their own over. group, met new friends and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And... And he had noticed that when now that he's coming more regularly, he's like, wow. He was like, I don't remember. Like, none of these people are the same people that were there when, when I used to there. come. Yeah. And I told him about, like, how I've noticed that over the eight years that I've done this for, yeah. that it does that. You know, they have those evolutions. And I don't think that, I think that if I was at all, um, you know, standoffish or mm-hmm. abrasive or, or just not welcoming in general, that would not happen. That wouldn't have happened even seven years ago, much less still to this day. And this is why it's important when you have your uh, local gaming stores, you have friendly people there. Because yes. I've gone into gaming stores where it's just like they look at you. Yeah, they look they at you and they're like, stare. Okay. What do you want? Yeah. I just came to look at games. Right. And that's because they're a card shop before they're anything or they're a, right. a buddy shop. Absolutely. The, the homies and stuff like, like that. And and I've noticed like we, we have some gamers <laughs> that, that get very overstimulated stimulized with like loud noises and mm-hmm. stuff. So when that's happening, I'm not going to bust out loud party games. Yeah. You know, when they're there, they're there to have fun, fun and I yeah. want them to be included. And then like, and I try to do that. Like one of our biggest sellers is a, are the Stephen Rhodes games. And oh, I, now I like them, but I understand why people are Don't. morally against it. Yeah. That's totally fine by me. And nor would I, I, I probably wouldn't even bring it up 
like I'm definitely not going to offer it for them to play. Yeah. But I want them to feel as comfortable as anything else. So I'm going to find themes that work for them and why. So I like to get into their mind and go like, look, let's find what what okay. works for you and find my your favorite, favorite thing game. that I've seen you do before. You're like, okay, what's your favorite game? And then someone's came in there and said, we play Uno a lot. You're like, okay, let me show you this game. And I forget yeah. what game you showed them, but. Yeah, there's there's a bunch I can brailed off of Uno, sure. Yeah, and like, you're like, push, okay, if you like that, llama. let me show you this. I think it was Llama. Yeah, probably. We were showing up, and they had a blast with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or even Rhino Hero. If yeah. I know that they they have kids in the family, I'm like, Rhino Hero's a great one to play with adults, too. Yeah. We play it multiple times just with <laughs> us. us. yeah. We're grown to men. No, but mind you, we also you know? giggle at coconuts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> coconuts is amazing, though. <laughs> like, I mean... Just the other night, we, we I had a game night for the first time in quite some time. Yeah. And I know, I get why you don't like it, but we sat there for about an hour and a half straight playing Loop and Louie, just just being silly, just paddling paddling the plane, flying around. Like, people were long gone, like, we had all lost, and uh, we're just still paddling around. The, bring, thanks for no, bringing down it, the podcast. But that's that's what it's all about, <laughs> yeah. is that, and and when I brought my game group back, I, I quite literally was like, I, I get why people are getting burnt out. I want to be inclusive. Like, you guys pick the games. We're having fun. Yeah. That's what we're playing. And we played a bunch of party games and dexterity and silly stuff. And yeah. we just had a ball playing. So that's what it's all about. you got to be more inclusive. Make sure everyone's having fun because that's the best part about this hobby. Yeah, I agree. And my number one is another roaring success. Though I didn't plan this to be a roaring success. Right. This was for me... To start up our gaming group again. The ones yes. we were playing the campaign games. Uh, just our four buddies could get together now, again. It seems so long ago. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like it I remember like we were like a little wishy washy, but I don't think like we were like Well this is the thing is because like when we started this in twenty twenty one, we've only slightly got back into board right. gaming. Right. Uh, mind you, regular. I didn't start living in this house till middle twenty twenty one. Yes. And so I that, that was my goal. Is like, now that I'm here, I want to start up our game group again and be consistent every single week. And I think we've only missed maybe a month's worth of maybe. time. Yeah, two, that, three or four, maybe. Yeah, there's a couple times where they didn't show up and it was just you and me playing yep, games, but, but we were still, still playing. Yeah. yeah. And we had, and it's been a roaring success. I am glad to have my game group again. And, and it's been nice because I have two game groups now. I have you, and then I meet with uh, our, our couple friend, Angel Maria. I'm going to give them a shout out. Um, once a week, uh, or not once a week, but like once or twice a month, we play games with them. And then, like, I'm going, uh, that's where I'm spending New Year's Eve yeah. with. We're going to go play games with them. And it's just, been, it's been fun um, having the games. I've been able, that's why there's a big, decent chunk off my shelf of shame. Right. Um, that's why there's more games on my shelf of shame, because they're getting played. Right. I'm able to shift games in and out off my shelf of shame, and it's been great. Um, it's always been fun, and like our motto is, every day is a good day for board gaming. Apparently, Wednesday really is, is the best day for us. Yeah, Wednesday is the best for us. <laughs> because, I, in all honesty, 153 games, going back to the very first goal of mine to get 100 games new year, I hit that by September because the whole point of this game group was yep. to try to start cycling through our shelf of shames and get them whittled down. And we've been doing it. And the fact that midway through the year, we decided to change things up where it's like, you know what? It was slowing us down because we wanted to get as many games in. We didn't want to play our longer games. Screw it. 
you get a day, and then it's your week, and then it's your week, and then it's your week. Yes, which is which familiar. we've gone to like where. So last week was my week. Next week is our friend Dom's week, so he can bring a couple games. So it could be a long game that's going to take all night, or it could be like four or five little games yep. to play. And there was like the first time we did it, he brought five games. We played all five of those games. That's five games off his shelf of shame. Yep. Uh, you did it one week where we played like four of your games off right. your shelf of shame. It's been and it's been a lot better when we did that. So if you have a game group, I, I recommend, recommend doing something like yes. that where one person they they teach the game, they learn the game, they play the game. That's their week. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's been working very well for it, us. It, I can recommend that as well. Having seen that, like I did at first, I was like, man, I only get to pick games once a month. <laughs> yeah, but then. And I was just being like, uh, you're joking around, like, yeah. yeah, joking around. But man, once a month, no, that's a guaranteed once a month. Month, yeah, and, and it saves you the time from having to read rule books and going, like, I don't know if this is going to get to the table. Like when yeah. we started doing that, we ease. I mean, we already had a lot of fun playing games, yeah. But this guaranteed it. Like yeah. this, that set the bar so it, much higher. That's when it started. Like the damn it, Doms and damn it, Daniels. We're playing the game. It's like, God damn it, now I gotta go buy one like, of these. Now I gotta buy it. <laughs> Stop showing me games this good. And then, but then we get more into it, and then yeah. we we focus on the teach of it. You know, we focus on it's like, well, like the weight's off my shoulder. And then even like when you guys played Twilight Imperium, like yeah. I mean, I don't. I think it was last year when you did it. Yeah. But it, that's the same idea. It's like, oh, it's like, hey, heads up. Like, do some homework on this game, like, because it's, it's a heavy one. When, it, when it's, it's heavier games, when we actually, uh, uh, we've done that a couple times, when yes. it's a heavier game, it's like, hey, read it, uh, Kimmet is the one that brings yes. to mind. My buddy mm-hmm. was like, that was his week, he wanted to play Kimmet. He sent us a link to watch yeah. it play, this way we can have an idea right. of how it's played. And it wasn't watch it play, but I think it was John Gitt's games. Probably. Uh, we're like, oh, okay, I get this, I get this, so we're refreshed, we know what's going to do, because we know this is the game he's picking. And, yeah. like, last week, I picked... Uh, Euphoria and Libertalia for my games yep. uh, for because my buddies have already played it and they know it. Yep. Uh, my our friends Dom taught us Euphoria and we were like, okay, I get this. Um, our friend Gamehead Geek uh, showed us uh, Libertalia because he's played the solo and he's like, okay, this is different for the solo version, right. but this is what we got to do. And it was great. It was like my pick. I learned the games. I could have taught them, but they knew it better than I did. So yep, exactly. Yeah, and, it uh, that. Out. and I taught Ghost of Christmas because I learned the rules, which, by the way, is a small rule book. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been good. And I highly recommend if this is what yes. you want to do with your gaming group, instead of giving them like a pick, give them a week. This way yes. they can pick five little games that allow you to stretch out as many games as you want. Because uh, we play roughly within about four hours span, five to four hours. They get here about five or six, and we play to about ten. Yeah. Sometimes when nobody has to work the next day because like it's a Christmas break or something like that, we'll play to eleven or twelve. Yeah. But other than that, um, it it was a roaring success for us, and it's helped mm-hmm. us a lot getting games off our shelf of shame. And another thing, what I liked about it too is when we were like, okay, well this is my shelf of shame, and it's on your shelf of shame, and your shelf of shame. Let me learn this. Yes. This way we could get it all off everybody's yes. shelf of shame. And there was multiple times where like two, even three of us, like mm-hmm. all at the same time, it's like cool. It's off of our shelves. Return to Dark Tower was one because it yeah. was on our friend Dom's shelf. Mm-hmm. Not technically your shelf, but it allowed you to learn the game. Yep. This way you could teach shop. it at the shop. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it just it worked really well. And honestly, I love the fact that we made that change and got our gaming group back. Absolutely. Couldn't be more happy about it. Well, I mean, so mostly about half and half yeah. for, for us. I mean, mine, mine has asterisks in it. But, uh, yeah, overall, 
Very successful year. Great year. One of our more successful years. Yes, absolutely. Um, Well, potentially. Potentially. Tune in next week (laughs) see if I clear off that shelf of shame. So, we want to thank you for tuning in. If you ever want to reach out to us and talk to us directly during a live taping of our episodes, you can at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. And shout out to our friends Dice Chuck and Illuminous for joining us on today's episodes and joining in on our conversations. Yeah, thank you guys. As well as you can find all video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. Send your hate mail to everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. Or if you want to say hi, give us ideas for future episodes, or potentially enter in in future contests, everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. And like I said earlier, you can get in contact with us at our official Twitter account, at EBG Podcast. We're not as active as we should be, and we probably won't be. But that is a way for you to get in contact with us. That's right. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.